When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Buffs Insider, our weekly podcast here at CUBuffs.com. Neil Welk of CUBuffs.com joining us for a couple of minutes. I'm voice of the Buffs, Mark Johnson. Boy, this is the time of year when there's not much going on but a lot to talk about. Spring ball's wrapping up. Football just wrapped up. We've got uh, a Buff basketballer leaving. A lot going on. Let's start with, with football, which tomorrow at Folsom Field, we got the spring showcase at 1 o'clock. By the way, the Healthy Kids Day from 12 to 1, going to the IPF, brought to us by Children's Hospital of Colorado. But you've been in a lot more football practices than I have. With, with the late season basketball stuff going on. What, what's been your takeaway so far? I think if there's one takeaway that I, that I like so far this spring, it's been competition at a lot of places and depth at a lot of places. They're building some good depth. They're uh, you know, a lot of competition for some starting spots going on, and I think it's going to make them a much better team next fall. Don't you think, and, and you know I've talked about this, I think, off mic a couple of times, this is a huge spring, summer, off-season, fall camp for a guy like Steven Montez. Last year, he was the guy, unquestionable. Nobody debated that, but he was still a young quarterback in terms of his experience. Now he's got a full year under his belt, uh, and he's becoming an upper class, but he's got to start to take control of this thing, don't you think? I, I, I do, and I think last year was uh – was interesting for Steven because he was he was the starting quarterback he was the guy but he was playing on a team that had on an offense that had six or seven seniors three team captains and so he was not the voice of that offense in that regard uh, now Steven has to be a leader and I think he's really started to adapt to that role uh, especially this spring you know I notice it in the weight room I notice it in offseason conditioning I see it in in some of the uh, you know, the, the, the volunteer workouts that they're already having on their days off. And I think Steven's taking a much more active role in that regard. And I think that's going to be a big step for him uh, because that team's going to look to him to see what he's supposed to do. I think the, the leadership aspect of the Buffaloes 2018 is going to be one of the more fascinating things to watch because, I mean, let's be honest, you and I have been around college athletics a long time. You don't come upon a guy very often like a Seth Olufau or a Philip Lindsay, and the Buffs had those two at the same time and then lost them in consecutive years. That's an enormous leadership void this team's got to replace. Oh, it is. And if you look back at that 2016 team, you had guys like a Kenneth Olabode. You had, you know, a Cheetah Bayouzie, who, who was, who, both of whom were leaders on that defense. You had on the offense, you had Philip, you had Seppo. And, and that's a void this year that has to be filled. And it'll be interesting to see who steps up in that, in that void. 
You know, when you think of Steve Montes as well, I mean, here's a guy that when you look at that receiving core, and I just early this week did a little piece with KB on Intel, you got a little talent out there that'd be dumping the ball off too. And there's about five or six guys that are pretty special talents, I think. You know, they lost three receivers last year who were in the top ten all-time at Colorado in yards, receptions, things like that. This is going to be a better receiving core. I honestly, truly believe that this is going to be a better receiving core. I think Jawan Winfrey, KB on Ento, uh, KD Nixon, LaVisca Chenault, Tony uh, uh, Brown, I think all of those guys are going to be quality receivers. And we're not even mentioning Jay McIntyre, who's the leading returning receiver, but has been out with a foot injury this spring. So that's a great group. Uh, I think Steven feels much more comfortable with these guys. Those That last bunch grew up with Sefo Lufau, kind of. This bunch, Steven, Lu, Steven Montez has been throwing to these guys for the last three years. And so I think this is going to be a great group for him. That's a great point. How about up front? I know there's, there's youth there. And I think that's going to be an area of – uh, is, is a nice way of saying it, development throughout uh, the summer and, and fall camp? Yeah, that's, that's, that's it's a really important piece, obviously the most important part of the offense. And it's young. They're young up there. They've got a couple of veterans in there, guys that have played. Tim Lynott's out uh, with the Achilles injury, but he'll be back next year. He'll be a third-year starter. Got Aaron Hagler, who's got a lot of starts under his belt. After that, you've got, you know, there's a lot of uh, inexperienced guys, but there's been some young guys that have shown really well so far. Colby Purcell at center. I think is going to be is going to be a guy that's going to play. Will Sherman, a redshirt freshman, I think is going to be a guy that's going to play and, and make an impact. So that's going to be very key is is that development this spring, next summer and spring in the weight room, and then in fall camp. Now, let's flip to the other side of the ball. And, and I'll tell you what, I'll make a little bit of prediction right here. That unit, two years ago, we got accustomed to that very good defensive front for the Buffaloes. Last year, that work or that area needed some work. I think with Javi Lopez losing a bunch of weight out there. Chris Malumba having a year under his belt. Mustafa Johnson, Terrence Lang. These are some pretty impressive physical guys. I'm going to predict that unit's going to be a lot better, which it has to be in 2018. No, I think you're right. That defensive line is going to be much improved. Uh, the guys you mentioned, you know, two of those guys coming back, Javi Edwards, uh, uh, Chris Malumba, both have some experience now. They know what they're facing. They know what they're going to see. Uh, and, and they're both very smart, heady type of football players. They're going to be a big help. Mustafa Johnson's a J.C. kid that came in. That every time you talk to Quan Drake, he's a guy that he mentions because he's a he's a uh, uh, just a, a, a bull in there. He can play inside. He can play outside. He can get a little rush on the passer. He's great against the run, and I think he's going to be a big help. Terrence Lang is going to be a beast before his time at Colorado was done. He is going to be a defensive end that's going to get in there and sack the quarterback a lot. With the NFL projection that this secondary has produced in recent years, I'm going to play a little game with you. Which one guy back there right now that you look at do you say, I think that might be the next great safety corner that the bus produced? Uh, the next guy that gets drafted to me is Evan Worthington, who is, is just bigger, faster, stronger, just has great instinct for the game. And if you look at the plays he made last year, he had quarterback sacks, he had third down stops, he led the team in interceptions, he had pass breakups, he had you know just all kinds of statistics. He's just always around the ball. And he has, yeah, like I said, not only great instincts, but great athletic ability. He's the guy that I see as, getting, as being the next guy that gets drafted out of that secondary. All right, tomorrow uh, the spring showcase starts at 1 o'clock. Again, the Healthy Kids Day experience inside the indoor practice facility from 12 to 1. Get out out there, watch, you know, Ralphie run. The Buffs will uh, run some drills that first hour from 1 to 2, and then 2 to 3 they're going to scrimmage. What, what are we hoping to see, do you think? 
you know, I think if, if you're if you're a fan, you're going to come watch the scrimmage. I think you want to see the offense, you know, just click. And it's going to be vanilla. Mike McIntyre is not going to show anything that he thinks CSU might see or Nebraska or whoever else is on that schedule, New Hampshire. But I do think uh, what you're going to see is an offense that uh, is moving fast, trying to get up and down the field, get some first downs, and move the ball. Well, looking forward to the spring game tomorrow at uh, Folsom Field. Again, that's from 1 to 3 o'clock uh, for the Buffaloes. And then, of course, they'll have three more practices after that. That's the way the timing worked out this year for Mike McIntyre and the football team. Hey, let's transition to basketball here real quick. Buffs wrap up the uh, season. Uh, did not go to the postseason. No NCAA tournament. No NIT for the Buffs. Uh, they ended up losing Torrey Miller here just a few days ago. Well, what's kind of your postscript for Tad Boyle in 2017-18? I guess my postscript for Tad Boyle is the future, and I know that sounds weird, but I look, I, 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 those last two games, last three games that I saw Colorado play, you know, Utah regular season, Arizona State in the tournament, Arizona in the tournament, I saw young guys just really making plays. I saw McKinley Wright. I saw Tyler Bay. I saw Laz Nikolic. I saw Deshaun Swartz. I saw Lucas Seward. I saw Dallas Walton. You know, guys that I look at and say, okay, that's going to be a pretty good team next year. So, uh, and maybe the, the thing that struck me the most was is uh, McKinley Wright gets hurt in the last game against Arizona. Uh, they're within three points of Arizona. McKinley Wright goes out. Arizona goes on a 14-0 run, and I think that shows you what McKinley's value is. But after the game, I'm talking McKinley in the locker room. I said, so how's your ankle? And he looks at me, and he gives me that little McKinley, you know, kind of grits his teeth. He says, I'll be back at work next week. <laughs> and so I, I think if, if you want to know what McKinley Wright is about, and I guarantee you he's already in the gym. I guarantee you he is in the gym working on his game, and he's look, watching those games at night and saying, I'm going to be there next year. Well, and, and to add to what you're talking about, did you notice uh, it was probably – uh, back at the team hotel, because we left just a few hours later on the team charter, there was a tweet that came out. It was very Tim Tebow-esque, if you remember that, where he basically said, hey, Buff Nation, thank you for the support. This will not happen again. We will be better. And so you can already see, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a freshman that I've seen in my career that has had this kind of imprint uh, on a team. And I'm not, I'm not sure I'm coming up with one off the top of my head. Well, the last one that I can remember, he was a kid named Billups. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chauncey Billups, uh, he was a kid came out of Denver. He was pretty good here before he went, and he, he played a little bit in the NBA. But if you want to talk about a freshman having an impact on a team, that's the last freshman that I remember at Colorado basketball that had this kind of impact, not just on the floor, but also you know mentally and emotionally around that team is saying, hey, this is mine, I got this. Yeah, uh, I'm not trying to one-up you, but you say that. I'm thinking about my time at Syracuse with a guy named Carmelo, and that turned out pretty well as well. So he certainly does. But, but yeah, you look at this thing, and really down the stretch of the season, Dale, um, and you kind of indicated this, as, as much as we loved George King and Dominic Collier and the seniors on the team, that freshman, redshirt freshman class was the one that was getting the bulk of the playing time and making the big plays down the stretch. Yeah, they were taking, you know, they, they took more and more control of that team. And certainly there were still some, some young mistakes. You, you still saw that happen. Tad hates it when you call them freshmen after they played 30 games. But, you know, truth of the matter is they were still making some young mistakes. But uh, you saw that bunch take more control, take more control of the game, and that's a tight bunch. The thing I really like about it is they're hanging together. You know, outside of the outside of the court, you see them walking off together, talking together, and I really think that this is going to be a very close-knit, tight team next year. And the one kid we haven't mentioned, and he's still going through some tests, but uh, everything we hear is positive, is Evan Batty. And if Evan Batty can join that mix next year, that's a good team. 
Lastly, here as we wrap up uh, any basketball conversation on the Buffs Insider, Neil Welk uh, joining us here for a few minutes as he does weekly. Uh, Tory Miller, I guess this didn't surprise you. It didn't surprise me the fact that he's going to be a graduate transfer somewhere. But uh, your, your you know, kind of thoughts on Tory is he decides to go and as he's got his degree now, he'll go off someplace else and play for one more year and get his graduate degree. Uh, terrific kid, number one. Uh, and Tad said that a couple of weeks ago. There's never been a better ambassador for Colorado basketball on the floor, in the classroom, in the community. Uh, just a wonderful kid. I always loved interviewing him. I loved talking to him. He, he brought a lot of energy and emotion to that team. That team, you know, I think they missed that this year. I think they missed the, the, the energy that he brought to them. And uh, can't blame him for wanting to go somewhere. He, if, he, if you look at that lineup out there, they've got two or three big guys. Uh, his playing time would be somewhat limited, no doubt. He's a guy that can go somewhere and play 25 or 30 minutes and, and put up some nice numbers as a graduate senior. So I wish Tory Miller nothing but the best of luck. All right, thanks to Neil Welk. See you Bus.com for joining us here on the inside of this week. You know, after the Buffaloes wrapped up their two games in Las Vegas last week at the Pac-12 Conference Tournament, a victory over Arizona State in the opening round, then eventually falling to number one seed Arizona in the second round. Had a chance to catch up with my broadcast partner at the Basketball Network, Scott Wilkie. We started off talking about the win over the Sun Devils. Certainly one of their best offensive games of the year. They shot the ball well, moved it well. I really thought they played with a lot of energy that led to uh, high efficiency offense. You know, we, we've seen for the Buffs this season, they've been a little bit up and down, and I guess you can expect that from a young team. But they came out, as you talk about, with a great energy early on, and McKinley Wright was spectacular, was two rebounds shy of a triple-double for the Buffaloes. Yeah, we've kind of gotten used to that. It's not, we don't we weren't blown away by it anymore, but to be talking about triple doubles from a guy that's five foot eleven, maybe six foot, is pretty impressive. And the leadership qualities that he shows also can't can't go wrong there. Yeah, when the Buffs are playing well offensively, like they were in the opening round, what are they doing? They're moving the ball quickly. The players are cutting hard, and you know some of the assists means you're making shots as well. It yeah. never hurts when the shots go through the basket. And the Buffs did not, by the way, have any turnovers. In fact, they had six in the first half of that ball game against the Sun Devils, only one in the second half. Again, yeah, that's part of that efficiency we're talking about. Yeah, and to do it against, you know, what a, a six weeks ago was considered one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, I think that they weren't quite carried over today to the offense wasn't carried over today, but the yeah. energy was. Yeah, they, they certainly did. Defensively, the Buffaloes, again, when you talk about Arizona State, they're one of the most efficient offenses in the country. How did you grade the Buffs' defense against the Sun Devils? Probably give it a B. You know, it wasn't, no. it wasn't perfect, but uh, it was good enough. And they're it's hard team to defend with all the speed and quickness out there. One of the most difficult teams to defend against. Now in the second round, the quarterfinals of the Pac-12 here in Las Vegas, the Buffaloes got knocked off by number one seed Arizona. In seven years of the league, the Buffs have met Arizona six times. They won the first one. You remember Los Angeles in the uh, championship game of the Pac-12 Conference Tournament, but uh, they fall in this one, and it really got away from Colorado in the second half. Well, every year, one thing you can count on, you're going to play against a talented group from Arizona, high school Americans in general on that team, and today they ran into a team that played pretty well. The Buffs weren't quite good enough to hang with the team that's, I think, one of the best teams attempting the country. Yeah, you know, we talked with Kim English on the postgame show on the radio after the game, and he said it came down to the man categories. Loose balls, 50-50 balls in the court, offensive rebounding, that really had that turn the tide in the second half of this ballgame. Yeah, Raleigh Alkins probably came up with five or six loose balls. He seemed to be the quicker and stronger guy getting to those, and sometimes you, the, the casual fan doesn't notice how, how big those plays are, but they were today. Colorado did a pretty good job of holding down DeAndre Ayton, who might be the number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft. He only had 10 points and six rebounds, but the other seven-footer, Dusan Ristich, really killed Colorado. Yeah, he's the guy that 
plays second fiddle to DeAndre, but he's a really good player, all of seven foot, very clever around the basket with his moves and really good footwork. He's a tough guy to, tough guy to deal with. He had a big ball game today. You know, that, that's the thing about Arizona with the deal. You got, you know, one seven footer after another. It's tough to corral inside. I, I thought really in the second half, maybe the turning point is when McKinley Wright went down with the ankle injury. Went for an offensive rebound, came down, twisted his ankle, didn't play the rest of the half. And, you know, Kim English said afterward, you could see the, the look in the guy's eyes. Their leader went out. That, that kind of gave him a blow to the midsection. Yeah, I think they were down eight or nine at the time. And uh, I think the bus really felt like that was probably something that would be the final pebble in the stone, you know, they yep. push him over the edge. That's Buffs great, my broadcast partner to Colorado Basketball Network, Scott Wilkie, joining us here on the inside of this week as we get set for the CU Spring Showcase tomorrow for the football team at Folsom Field. Things get underway at 1 o'clock. They'll wrap up about 3 o'clock. Don't forget about the Healthy Kids Day activities inside the indoor practice facility. Beginning at noon, they'll run till 1 o'clock. Plenty of family activities inside the indoor practice facility. Of course, one of the guys that's going to be a member of that outstanding receiving core in 2018 is KB Anto, who sat out last year redshirting because there was such a deep pool of talent in the receiving core. He's chomping in a bit to get back out there, and so far he says spring ball's been going well. It's been going pretty good. Just out there working with the quarterbacks, trying to get his timing down, trying to uh, pick up the tempo. I know my offense. You know, last year, you might not remember this, he sat out, he redshirted last year. you got to be a hungry wide receiver after sitting out and watching for a season. Yes, sir, I am. I mean, it was it was a transition because, you know, you only get one redshirt and you always like feel like you're always good enough. But it was a great decision. Happy to be back and help the team best way I can. Now, I know this. You didn't waste that year. What did you learn? How did you become a better player while we were sitting out? I got bigger. I got stronger. I felt like I got faster. And that's that's probably one of the biggest things, that I was able to get in the weight room so much and live so much and work with Drew and others. Uh, strength. Can you pick anything up, do you think, from a mental standpoint in terms of how you approach the game, maybe when you're sitting out and watching? Got a little different vantage point? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's always different when you're out there on the field. So you always try to get the perspective of somebody who's on the field rather than just saying, oh, I could have done that or I could have done that because that's more of a point of finger. But, I mean, I watch. I learned a lot. I asked so many questions, especially to who was last year, Bobo, Devin, Shay, Jay. I asked all them, like, questions when I could and definitely when I was there. You know, I'd have to think as well. You think about this wide receiver room. You got yourself. You got LaVisca. You got Jawan. You got KD. You got uh, Jay McIntyre. There's a lot of talent right there. You guys are kind of pushing each other a little bit, aren't you? Oh, yes, sir. Can't forget about Tony. No, that's right. I forgot one. You can't forget about nobody. It's just, it's an exciting group. And we go out there, try to make plays. All of a sudden, ones, twos, threes, don't matter. Somebody done made a play, and everybody's excited for each other. And, and here's the one thing we do know. You got a quarterback that's got a cannon for an arm, can get the ball to you guys in any place, can it? Yes, sir. He's lunch. We don't, he don't care how far he throw. He just tell us to run. <laughs> okay, every year when a, a new football team comes around the spring, you lose guys to the NFL, you lose guys to graduation, it develops a new personality. Is, is a personality and leadership quality, do you think, developing this team? It is, and we, we put it more on ourselves, I mean, as a whole group, like, because we understand, I mean, I understand that I read Shutter last year, and now I'm one of the older guys, so it's in the wide receiver room, at least it's me, Jay, and Juwan, who are older guys. KD talks up a lot, and that's how it is. That's how it is for the other position groups and for the whole offense. We hold everybody accountable, from the youngest to the oldest. All right, lastly here. You, now tell me that defense is getting better that you're facing every day too, right? Oh, uh, yeah, we just got into a battle today. <laughs> but they're getting, they're getting a lot better. We tussle every day, um, go out there and just work hard, play hard against each other, because every time you go out there, you got to compete. 
you don't want to get fussed at by Coach Mack for doing wrong. That is wide receiver Kevin Antoine joining us here on the Insiders. who put a wrap on this week's podcast. Don't forget tomorrow, our broadcast begins at 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock. That's when the spring showcase will take place at Folsom Field. Gary Barnett, Colorado great. Mike Pritchett will be joining us on the broadcast as well, the Colorado Football Network. And don't forget the Healthy Kids Day festivities inside the indoor practice facility. They'll begin at noon. For everyone involved in our broadcast this week, I'm Voice of the Buffs, Mark Johnson. Thanks for joining us on the Buffs Insider.